Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Cracking Night Show, hosted by myself and my co-host JP. This is the only show on the planet dedicated to the two youngest teams in the NHL. That, of course, is the Vegas Golden Knights and the Seattle Kraken. Uh, JP, how's it going, mate? It's your turn this week to have a uh, pretty much hockeyless uh, week. It's been enjoyable. I mean, it's always sad to not have hockey, but sometimes it's good to have a little break. (laughs) (laughs) And I think that the Golden Knights could use a little break now too, which we'll get into. But yeah, I'm I'm good. I'm good. It's been nice to uh, take a few days from uh, worrying about the team and how well or not well they're doing. So, (laughs) but I'm good. (laughs) You doing good? Yeah, I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. Obviously, we have had a Kraken hockey filled week, which we're which we're going to tons of games. yeah, yeah, well, yeah. We've had four games, which after a week off felt like a lot of games. So I felt like there's been a lot of mornings uh, that I've been watching the games, and those that are fans of the show, uh, and hello to new listeners and old listeners, um, will know that because I'm based in the UK, uh, shocker, I know um, that I watch the games in the morning. Um, so for those of you who go to the same gym that I go to, if you see me um, banging any gym equipment or expletives that are just <laughs> i'm not seemingly directing at anybody i'm just saying them as if like i've got some kind of Tourette's that it's it's not it's just i'm watching the cracking on my phone and you know at the moment there's expletives is probably the right way to go um, uh, but we'll, we'll get into all of that in a minute um, but we do yeah. have some vegas hockey to talk about so what we're going to do this week is we don't really have any major news, and we, we said on a previous episode that the news is on a January trim, so we are slimming the news down to things that are either major, major news or that are related to the Kraken and the Vegas Golden Knights. So I'm not saying there hasn't been any hockey news this week. There probably has, but in relation to the two teams, very little. Um, so we're going to get into talking about the Vegas Golden Knights and what they did, and we'll come on to that in a second, and we're going to talk about the Kraken and their week of fun. Uh, which will come to a <laughs> week of fun. Yeah, I, I know. Yeah, Some people left, call it that. But, um, so, uh, but the Vegas Golden Knights played one game this week. They PPD'd the rest. Uh, PPD has got to be the most used acronym in NHL.com at the moment. Uh, but you did play one game, which was against Toronto. Mm-hmm. I can't remember whether it was home or away. I feel like home. it was home. It was yeah. at home. Yeah. Kind of wrapped up the homestand, yeah. Mm, not in a good way though unfortunately <laughs> yeah uh you know once again vegas fans are are so passionate and you know mm-hmm. there were there was definitely your the, the share of fans that were cranky of, about that loss i mean honestly the, the knights they're tired they look mm-hmm. tired to me I, I think they needed a little break and mm-hmm. without those postponements they wouldn't have gotten one but um they just look exhausted to me. And it was two teams that, uh, by the way, for anybody who didn't see the game, it was an overtime uh, shootout loss. Um, yep. So, you know, a very close game. But what I saw was two teams that neither team was at their best. Both teams were kind of playing at less than uh, full capacity for different reasons. Um, and just a really close game. I mean, honestly, generally, if the Knights hadn't had a bad homestand, a shootout loss to Toronto is nothing to be ashamed of because they're, they're no, one of the better not. teams in the league. So yeah. um, that's a game that could have gone either way, in my opinion. Um, but yeah, neither team playing at full capacity. Toronto, because of all their postponements, they've had a ton of them. Mm-hmm. They're out of shape. Like you could just tell by like the third period um, that they were pretty gassed. Like Toronto just didn't have much left in the tank. Mm-hmm. Um, their conditioning's down because they didn't play a whole lot of hockey uh, for quite a while there. And yeah. Um, yeah. and then the Knights, they had a lot of people didn't even realize this. The Knights had eight starting players out of the lineup that night. Eight. We're back to you know kind of ridiculous numbers like before. Some of it was COVID. I mean that's that's two lines. If you think of it that totally. way, I mean, it's eight, obviously two lines and a defensive pairing. Yeah. Like it's, that's a lot of it's, players. Yeah. It's massive. And, and it's gotten to be so normal for Vegas that people don't even discuss it. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I saw there was one, one person on Twitter who was like, this is unacceptable. There's absolutely no excuse, you know, for the team to not be producing. <laughs> yeah. And I, you know, I just want to say, oh man, it's a, it's a shootout loss to Toronto. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, it's okay. It's fine. You know, we'll, we'll all survive. And, but then I also wanted to remind people like, did you see the lineup tonight? I mean, 
half the mm. team's missing. So um, considering half the team's missing and, and the Knights, uh, you know, kept it a tie game and went through overtime. And by the way, the shootout wasn't spectacular either. Uh, it was it was a bunch of saves like neither team scored and then toronto happened to score on the last one so it was you know they traded saves and then on the next round they traded saves and then on the next round save goal so right that's about as close as it gets a game can't really be any closer than that so i didn't feel bad about it but yeah um then the the break is well timed right the 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 edmonton and cal there was a short road trip to, to canada Mm-hmm. to play Edmonton and Calgary. And both of those games were postponed. Obviously a lot of games being postponed right now mm-hmm. because of COVID. And I don't think it could have come at a better time. I'm not happy about the COVID postponements, selfishly speaking for the no. team. No, it couldn't have come at a better time. They're exhausted. So mm-hmm. I, I think the break is, is going to be just what the doctor ordered, you know, and a shootout loss I know, so I've got a friend of mine who's a massive uh, Montreal Canadiens fan. Uh, it's no, it's not Max. That's it's another one. Um, and uh, <laughs> he he always says that that it's a skills competition. It's not, you know, if you're losing a shootout, you know, in your mind, say it was a draw, because the reality is, even if you win or lose it, you've you've not won it. It's a you know, it's it's a skills competition, which it is. You know, it is a skills competition. Um, which always feels a much nicer skills competition when you win it, you know. Absolutely, the way it is. I've I've heard it called a a, a coin toss too. In some mm, ways, it, it really is. It it's no longer about who played the better game. In some ways, it's it's a bit of a coin flip. Mm. OT as well is a bit of a coin flip. So when you get to that point in the game, it, it very easily could go could go either way, and and that puts the knights at. 500 exactly on the homestand <laughs> on the entire homestand yeah you know going back to the anaheim game so not a fantastic homestand not a terrible one um you know it's enough to sort of keep them and, and luckily anaheim i think lost anaheim might have lost the last two and they're the ones kind of nipping at their heels in the division so they're, they're stumbling a little bit yeah anaheim. so yeah yeah um, so that, so they're still in first, uh, Kings kind of interestingly are the ones that are kind of storming <laughs> onto the scene now, yeah. which I did not expect. And I'm dreading a little bit because it suggests that there could be a playoff matchup with those guys. And as a Knights fan, I strictly from a fan perspective, I can't stand the Kings. So <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think, uh, you know, the Kings are a really interesting team. I've got some points I want to bring up on the Kings later in the yeah. podcast, but, um, you know, because they obviously played the Kraken this week as well. That was our first ever matchup mm-hmm. between the teams. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's going 500 at home is not great, but it's not the end of the world either. Um, the Kraken would take it right now, so it's not sure. it's not bad. But given given Vegas's position and and what they're what they will achieve this season, it's not it's not sustainable. You obviously need to be better than that uh but and you are you have been better than that this season which is why your point percentage is higher than 500 but it's yeah it's just one of those i think the, like you said the break the break is needed uh, but all the you know teams go through this 82 games is a long season which means that you're going to go through two or three game losing streaks and seven game win streaks and all, and all that got everything in between so i don't think the vegas golden knights fans need to particularly be concerned i've not seen anything that i thought jesus you know they just, they need to sort that now i just think like most teams covid throws the lines out which throws you know preparations out on all sorts because you know that if you think about it from a management perspective the team and the head coach and everybody could be preparing to have a certain lineup and then two days beforehand someone goes into covid protocol and then you've got to change all the lines and that can't be can't be helpful and i know all 32 teams have the same so i'm not saying it's not an excuse you know we talked on the last episode about the mentality hockey mentality of no excuses but i, I do think it's a factor uh, and the, and the break will be good for for vegas absolutely i, I saw um in de boer's post-game interview for the first time mm-hmm. ever this year, I saw him show some frustration over that. Somebody asked him, the last question in the press conference was something to the effect of how, how can you speak to this homestand? You know, this homestand obviously hasn't been great. Is it just 
you know, what, what do you, what do you, um, how do you account for that? Sort of what, what are your thoughts on why this homestand didn't go so well? And his response was something to the effect of, well, I mean, we haven't even had our whole team yet once this year. And then mm. he sort of said, next question. <laughs> but then it happened to be the last question. And yeah. so he just got up and walked away. Yeah. So it, he didn't snap at the guy, but I could tell. I was like, yeah, DeBoer is sick and tired of, he hasn't gotten to skate his full roster once. And and, and he might not and, before the playoffs. And he might not. And the team has done incredibly well in spite of those things. So I think he just gets tired of having to answer those questions. It's like, for God's sake, we're first in the division and you're asking me, you know, about a bad homestand. Like if anything, he, you know, they should be patting the entire team on the back, which is how I feel that the, the team has done yeah. incredibly well under very difficult circumstances, but, um, but that's sports, you know, they, yeah, yeah. these guys have to yeah. deal with those press conferences. So, um, exactly. and then exactly. I want to talk about Kraken, obviously, but one mm-hmm. other little bit of news, um, you know, Eichel is now on the ice mm-hmm. skating with the team, which is pretty exciting. He's, Wearing a red no contact jersey, of course. So he's not there a hundred percent, but he's running drills with the team. By all accounts, is in outstanding shape. And there's some video footage out there here and there of, of him doing his thing. And I can't wait, mate. It's starting to become more of a reality. You know, he, I, I imagine he's. If I had to guess, I'm going to say he's probably at least still a few weeks away, or maybe a month away. But uh, but it's pretty cool to see. And and wow, even just in practice, that guy's release. Mm-hmm. Eichel is not a player that I followed real closely in the past because he played for Buffalo. No offense, Buffalo fans, but you know, Buffalo was not making waves in the league and I knew Eichel was great, but not a player mm-hmm. that I paid a lot of attention to just because his team was never in the mix. Mm-hmm. Wow. The little bits that I've seen. Yeah. And, and that you, the, you've heard some of the other players on the team, you know, some quotes from them and some quotes from the, uh, the Knights uh, sort of press team talking about what he looks like out there. And he's going to, he's going to have a huge impact on the team. It's, it's obvious just why, I mean, the, what this guy can do, even just in sort of casual, no contact practice, it's impressive. I class myself as a, a Vegas sympathizer is what I would class myself as. So obviously I'm a <laughs> Seattle Kraken fan, but there's a Vegas sympathy level within me that's uh, that's certainly there. And, you know, I'm excited to see, to see Eichel on the ice. I'm excited to see what he can do in a team like that, you know, there's been so much talk about his ability and his ceiling, which let's be frank in Buffalo, we, we didn't really get to see it. And no. he then had a lot of responsibility on his shoulders being the captain, which was a lot to take on for a guy who, you know, we forget how young these guys are. Uh, well, me and you don't forget how young they are JP because we're old farts, but the, <laughs> um, the younger view listeners even, uh, and fans will, forget that this is it's a lot of responsibility to go on a guy's shoulders who's you know early 20s and I think what responsibility I had in my early 20s and what I would have what it would have felt like to have a whole franchise on your on your back and um so I I think he's going to be a real a real you know positive impact in Vegas I think he's going to take to the lifestyle great I think he's going to take to the fan base great I think he has already but you know it's it the first the first time he puts on that proper jersey comes out and shows you guys what he can do like i'm excited for that i think that's going to be a really you know it's going to be massive so i'm sure Absolutely. somewhere within the uh fortress presuming that there's that's where the office and everything is there is a team of accountants uh with like smoke coming out of their pencils trying to work out how to get that salary cap to, to fit oh <laughs> uh, yeah they're going to they're going to have to work some miracles uh, eventually. Yeah. Like even if, even if Pacioretty is out uh, for the rest of the regular season and they manage to sort of pull a Kucherov thing, um, at some point it's going. <laughs> they're going to have to. They're going to have to deal with it eventually, right? Even if it's in the off season, uh, yep. they're going to have to do some serious uh, cap gymnastics and moving moving somebody. And that's all coming. It's just a question oh, of, yeah. of yeah. whether it's coming before season's end or before next season. So your deadline day cap space now is five point seven million. Um, <clears throat> so you are pretty much there in terms of being able to fit him in, um, and you probably don't need to lose a player. But 
you know, I'm I haven't done the I haven't done the maths for the rest of the year. So or they might be able to do it just by moving a less expensive player or something, right? But but mm-hmm. it's I think yeah, Pacioretty's injury. While I'm not happy about it, you know, could and who knows? I mean, he may miss the entire playoffs too. You, you never know. I mean, Pacioretty may just be out of commission yeah. for for the rest of this season and postseason, it's hard to say, but, uh, but yeah, I think, I think you're probably right. But yeah, the, the point remains that they're going to have to contend with it. Eventually he, he takes up a lot of room cap wise. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, but the team's going to have to tackle it at some point. And yes, I'm sure they've already drafted up many potential solutions. I'm sure yeah. many meetings have been had about who could be moved and, and what the math would come to if they did that. And so uh, if you think this year is cap gymnastics, I don't know if, in, in the U S I don't know if you have that like board game called twister where you have to put your hands and feet on different things. Yeah. So it's a UK yes, thing. We do. Okay. Yeah. That's what the Vegas cap situation is like <laughs> next year. Right. That's exactly it's, right. They're sat there spinning that little board and they're saying right uh-huh. foot green or whatever. And it's just, it's out of reach. So cap um, twister. Yeah. yeah. Cap twister. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be, it's going to be fun to see how they get that to work. But, but anyway, uh, this year is all that matters. If you win a cup and you win the cup this year, I'm sure cares. that whilst you're having the parade, no one is going to care. The fact no, that it's all going to have to we've said many times change. winning, winning cures, cures all. all so. Yeah, it does. It does. Um, so talking of winning, well, let's move on to the Kraken uh, and the week that the Kraken have had. I was hoping to be able to use the hallelujah sound effect because i thought we've got to win a game and jesus christ Uh, we've got four games we've got to win one of them um but we didn't so i can't use that sound effect so in terms of the games that we had we started off with uh, an away game uh, quite a few away games actually but the first one was on the road against the colorado avalanche we talked on the last podcast about how it was going to be a difficult place to go and get anything from we lost that 4-3 uh, it was a frustrating game. We actually went into the third period 3-2 up, which is really annoying. Um, and this was when I was in the gym. This is when some of those expletives came out. Uh, we were outshot 35-26. to 26. Um, And there's a couple of guys that I know follow us on Twitter and are quite active on their own who have highlighted the fact that the Kraken are getting outshot a lot at the moment. And we are. And you'll see a theme as I run through the four games with that. Um, but yeah, we gave up two goals in the last period and went from a 3-2 lead to a 4-3 defeat. And it stings, man, it stings. And the two players that I want to highlight for that game, uh, Grubauer didn't have a good night, so he let in, oh, he saved 31 of 35. Um, so he let in all four, um, obviously. So there was no empty net goals. And that's an 8-8-6 save percentage. And again, it's one of those nights where you just feel like, and we said it on the previous one, but just takes one save but he was quite unlucky in that game because there was a couple of goals that were not in my opinion not his fault or more on the on the fault of of Carson Susie who had an awful game mm-hmm. and you know long-time listeners will know I am not a fan and I'm not I don't like Susie I don't like him as a player I, I don't like what he brings to the ice I, I don't think he's particularly good defensively he offers virtually nothing going forward um, and like he he blocked Grubauer for one of the goals. So Grubauer couldn't see anything. And, you know, I remember as he was back playing football or soccer, uh, if you're west of where I am right now, as a goalie, you do not want somebody stood in front of you who's not going to block it. You want somebody who's either going to block it, whether it's a puck or a football, it does not matter. You either block it or you get out of the way and let me see it. Let me see it. Yeah, Don't block it or stand in front of me and then let it go. And, yeah, Susie did that. And then the second goal that he was part of, and he finished the game with a minus three plus minus, which is bad. Um, he actually went into Grubauer and took Grubauer out, obviously slid into him. Uh, and, then, and then the puck ended up in the net. And it was just, it was a bad night for him, bad night for the Kraken. And you can just, you could even after that game, you could start to feel the frustration, not in the fan base. The fan, the fan base are clearly frustrated in certain pockets, um, but you could feel the frustration in the team because of how close they were. So mm. then we go on to the Stars and we played Dallas. Again, it was on the road and that game was a complete blowout. I mean, we lost 5-2. We let a goal in within 50 seconds. Grubauer had another bad night. 
And again, like people can keep going on about the defense, but there are plenty of goalies in the league who have poor defenses in front of them, but they're making the saves. He finished with another 800 save percentage, so it was 8-3-3. And we never looked in the game. And when you're watching a game like that, and I will I will come on to some more detail in a minute, but a few people have said about how Ron Francis needs to make a trade to turn this team around. You watch a game like that and you realize the gulf in current ability between us and Dallas, who are a playoff contender. You know, it's like they outplayed us. It's as simple as that. You know, they they were better than we were. Mm-hmm. You know, there was no there was no like deciding moment that turned the game. They were just better than we were. Um, yeah. But then things started to improve. So we went to the St. Louis Blues uh, again, another road game, which is tough when you're on a road game, a uh, road streak. Sorry, and you and you're, you know, and you're losing games because it's it must be really hard for the team and the morale within the dressing room. But we played a really solid game against the Blues, and it was it was probably of the week. I would say it was it was our best performance. Um, we outshot the St. Louis Blues, which is rare. That was thirty two twenty seven, and Driga played in goal, and he had a great night. He pulled off some fantastic saves within that. Finished the game with a nine two six save percentage, so he could do no more. But we lost the game 2-1 and it was one of those where it's a stinker because you kind of sat there thinking, man, we played our hearts out. We played a really good game, but it's another close one goal game that the Kraken come on the wrong side of it, which is, mm-hmm. you know, becoming a bit of a theme. And then we finished the week with a, with a home game. So we returned back to the Climate Pledge Arena. Uh, and in the episode that we had, the special episode where we talked to Gordon around it, you could feel the atmosphere was still good in there, a little bit apprehensive, but still strong, loud. Um, and it was another poor game. And even though it was close, it was 3-1. There wasn't an empty net goal in there, but um, it, was, it wasn't it was a great performance. I felt the Kraken, uh, the, way I, the word I've got written down in my pad here is, is toothless um, because we just didn't have, like we never really looked like we were going to score. Um, and and the LA weren't <clears throat> particularly proficient either. I mean, it finished twenty two eighteen in terms of shots. We were outshot, but you know, twenty two shots isn't isn't a lot. Um, but we just we just never looked like we had that cutting edge. We looked like we were hoping that we would get a power play, and the power play would be our savior. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a few players at the moment that are very quiet, and it's 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 certainly concerning. Did Drieger, did Drieger, by the way, he played the the last two games in the week, I thought, didn't he? I thought Drieger was a net for the Kings game as well. Did, was that was, just based yeah. on Grubauer's performance or um, or had they been kind of splitting the games? I hope so because they have been splitting the games up till now, but predominantly it's been Grubauer. So Grubauer mm. has played 27 games and Drieger has played 11. Now, Drieger did have some time out with COVID, mm. but... I think at the moment, the way the two goalies are performing, Driga has to start more games yeah. for Grubauer because Grubauer, you know, we, we he's he switched his pads. Okay, great. It hasn't made any difference. And a lot of that's mental, let's be honest. I'm not a goalie, so there'll be plenty of goalies listening to this podcast saying, you don't understand, Ian, that the pads really matter. I'm sure they do, but not many goalies change them during the season when they're winning. Right. They tend to change them when they're losing. And the reason why is because they're looking for that switch, something yeah. that they can click and say, okay, now change I'm playing better. Yeah. Um, with Grubauer, <clears throat> he's, he's, he struggled. He struggled a lot. Mm-hmm. And yeah, well, we've talked about that before, so I don't want to kind of hit on Grubauer all this episode. But I think it's time now to give Driga... Uh, you know, a few starts. His safe percentage against the LA Kings was pretty good. It was nine oh five. You know, nothing awful. Uh, and the two goals that LA scored, I didn't really feel like he was particularly at fault for either of them. Mm-hmm. Um, his goalie style—he's not that quick between the posts. Uh, Drieger, he's not—he's not the quickest of goalies when you see him moving around the crease. But he had a solid performance, and as long as he can see the puck, like on one-on-one shot stopping, he's pretty good. You know, yeah. he, he's got a good glove, and then he can he can do that sort of stuff. Um, but it's yeah, the problem with with us is it's it's and maybe this is why I'm a little bit 
more harsh for the Vegas fans when they're complaining about losing one game. Our, our losing streak now, so according to NHL.com, our losing streak is at six, which is a little bit of a cop-out. Because it's nine, nine, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And the reason it's at six is because we've got an overtime loss, and they class an overtime loss as breaking the losing streak. Well, you ask a fan base, that's not how we feel. Um, It it feels very much like it's been nine games. And you can feel it. You can feel it in the the players, um, the way that they are playing, the way that they look like they're playing. The the heads kind of drop if someone scores. I mean, you saw it in the Dallas game. When they scored within 50 seconds, you could just see the players thinking, not again, you know. It's just going to be another another L on the board. So mm-hmm. it's it's tough, and we got it. We got a tough. We got a homestand now, so we've got um, we have a six game homestand. Obviously, we played one of them against LA, but we've got Chicago, San Jose, St. Louis, Florida, and Nashville, all at the Climate Pledge, um, and they've they've got a they've got to come away from this with a five hundred homestand. You know, they 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 need to not just not for the playoffs, right? And you know, I'll, I'll let you speak in a second, JP. As I'm conscious, I'm, I'm ranting, oh, it's okay. but it's you know, obviously, I, I'm I'm passionate about the Kraken. I want the Kraken to succeed, but I'm also a realist. I have to be in what I do as a job outside of podcasting. But it's this season is not a playoff season for the Seattle Kraken. Sorry to be cracking that truth serum over your head but yeah. it's not at this and point probably not yeah no it, and it's, we're not good enough let's be honest we're not good enough to do anything in if we got into the playoffs uh, this isn't the st louis blues where we were you know we're worse than our team actually is you know we are kind of where we are I and mean, I, I think we're better goaltending and some better performances on the ice because it's not all on the goalies there are some other players that need to have a, a hard look at themselves we would be in a better position, but we're, we're not a Stanley Cup winning team. Um, but that doesn't mean that the inaugural season doesn't mean anything because it does. And that's why the homestand now is so important. It's not about going on a mad kind of 25 game win streak and making the playoffs and doing some sort of unheard of seasonal turnaround. This is about making sure that for the fans that have paid their money, you know, it's the Climate Pledge Arena tickets, I'm sure they're worth every penny, but they're, they're not going to be cheap, like that we put on a show. And, and there's still lots of reasons to, to have hope about this this season. But, you know, we're not going to make the playoffs. It's as simple as that. So yeah. trading players for other players to try and improve the team this year, complete waste of time. So yeah. um, it was a tough week, JP, let's be frank. Yeah, yeah. And I got to say... <laughs> You know, as obviously I'm, I'm a Knights fan first, but I follow the, the Kraken as a close second. Mm-hmm. And I was for the first time this season frustrated this week watching, watching these games. And, um, you know, I'm, cu- I'm curious what you think, if it's a, t- if it's a tangible or if it's more like my sort of philosophical terms, <laughs> <laughs> I use terms like juju and mojo, <laughs> things like that. Cause I do think yeah. that's a factor here as well. I do think there's a psychological element to what's going on right now with the Kraken, but, um, yeah. but I'm curious to get your thoughts on it because they're in these games that with the exception of the Dallas game. So mm-hmm. if we're just talking about the four games this week, and I think this is reflective of the va- most of the Kraken season so far, um, they were in three out of those four games. They were in all those games. I mm-hmm. mean, in fact, they had leads in two of them. Like you said, I think they were leading the Avalanche three-one at one point, uh, if I'm not mistaken, and then went mm-hmm. into the third with a lead. Right? Mm-hmm. That's um, right. Yeah. I've mentioned that in the past. They just, they can't seem to hold on to leads, but. Um, nope. And then uh, Blues as well. They were winning that game for most of the game. And then Blues kind of, you know, pulled a big, not a miracle comeback, but a big impressive comeback kind of in the third, right? Or or the, they got the winning goal in the third. So mm-hmm. they're in these games. It's That's the crazy thing. And, and even the, the Kings game, I want to say that was a one goal game until somewhere into the third. Like it was a close game. So it's frustrating to me because I'm like, God, they're right there. It feels like they're right there. 
But they're not, right? They're they're obviously not not because this has been something that has repeat. It's we've this has been on repeat all Mm -hmm. season. Can't quite hold on to a lead. Lose a game by one. Like this is a this is the story with with the Kraken. And after a while, you say, okay, there's obviously something missing. But at the same time, it's frustrating to me because I feel like they're close. And I yep. know the standings don't make it feel like they're close. The standings are like, oh, well, they're, they're, they're obviously terrible. But in a league with this much parity, I just, when I watch them play, if they're hard, they're a hard team to play against. Like they're, you know, they're stingy back there. I, I, they're not pushovers by any means. And, and so if we're strictly going on results, we can say, oh, the, C- the Kraken are having a, a terrible year, but but when you watch their games, like if somebody were to not, if I, if you held the standings for me and I knew nothing about the standings and I just watched Seattle play, you know, like if I watched two or three of these games this week, I would say, oh yeah, yeah. That, that looks like a team that's probably somewhere in the middle. Like they're probably, you know, kind of middle of the pack. That's the team that I see on the ice, but that's mm-hmm. not what I see in the results. And so I guess my curiosity from you is what, what is it that's, that's missing. Is it a combination of things? Do they need more finishing? Like, is it just, you know, one extra defensive lapse per game that's killing them? Like, can you put your finger on, you know, is there one thing, what's the one glaring thing? If you had to pick one thing that would get them over the hump, meaning give up one less goal per game. That's all they need to do. They need to give up one less goal per game and the season standings look entirely different, but do you know what I'm saying though? It's like when you watch them, they seem like they should be winning more games than they are. And I felt that way yeah. about them all season, but um, you would be able to speak to it more than me. So, I mean, Ian, what's missing? What do you think's missing? Well, look, I think you mentioned about the juju thing. Okay. And you know, I'm, I'm more of a stats guy than a philosophical guy, but I, the way I look at Seattle Kraken from a, from like a philosophy standpoint is it's a little bit like if you imagine when you go to the cinema, if everybody has told you that the film is going to be excellent and then it's average, the film feels like it's utter crap because <laughs> you, in your head, you were expecting to have like ah. Godfather one and two, by the way, not the Godfather <laughs> one and two style, like amazement of cinema. One and two, by the way. Right. Yeah. One and two. Yeah. One and two are good. Three. Yeah. It's not so good. I'll watch it because you've got to finish the trilogy off. It's it's a rule, but it's not that great. Um, and but it's but then when somebody doesn't tell you a film is great, or in fact you've heard some maybe disparaging comments about a film, and you go there and it's pretty good, it feels like it is a masterpiece. And because your expectations were so low. So from a philosophy standpoint, I think there is a big problem with expectations. And I'm not talking about the fan base before people say, you know, stop putting us next to Vegas. I'm not. But I'm telling you the players did. Because why wouldn't you? Driga, McCann, Donskoy, all these players happily won, you know, walking out at, um, you know, at the inaugural day when we when we we announced the team which was a bit disappointing but fine when we announced the team the reason why these players came out is because players like Eberly were like I'm going to be a star on this team and we're going to do what Vegas couldn't and we're going to win the Stanley Cup in the first season why on earth wouldn't you feel like that as you join your no no way exactly exactly and now the realization that that's not going to happen sinks in suddenly you're watching that film that everybody told you was going to be amazing and you're sat there watching it thinking, this is pretty average. Yeah. Now, it's not as bad as it feels, but it feels pretty bad. And that's the problem mm. is you feel like it's worse than it is and that's, that goes into the standings. Now, to answer your question of what's the one thing they need, it's not one thing and that's the problem. There's lots yeah. and lots of little things. So yeah. the goaltending, you know, I've done it to death. I know people are sick of me saying it, but it, it's a massive factor. That's got to be in that little kind of mix right if we're going to be making the cake which is the seattle kraken's turnaround goaltending improvement has to be thrown in it's your dough right it's got to be in there or your flour depends what cake we're making right but if something's got to go in and stick everything else together that's goaltending it has to has to be uh, and we've seen because driga comes in and has two good games against the kings and the blues and we're in both games you know and that's because there wasn't a goal given up 
50 seconds in it's because there wasn't a soft rebound goal or whatever so and i'm sure grubauer can turn it around but goaltending is a big big part but the other yeah. thing that i think that the kraken is missing and this is the bit you can't solve and why and why i, I strongly believe in what i'm going to say in a minute around what the season is going to be but they are a team of second and third line guys we don't have a patrick kane we don't have an austin matthews we don't have a mark stone you know we don't have a Marsha so someone who's going to turn a game on its head we don't we don't have an icon right we don't have somebody who's going to mm-hmm. grab the game by the stiff of the neck and yeah. say right guys you guys are playing like crap but i'm going to drag you through because i'm a superstar and that's what superstars do right that's why conor mcdavid grabs edmonton and makes them look a half decent team. You know, when you've got like if Kraken had Drysaitl and McDavid, they'd probably look a lot better. Like it's just it's mm. just fact. Yeah. Now, Vegas, when they first started, had players that stepped into those roles. But as we found over the years, those players have been replaced by trades. Mark Stone mm. was a trade. You know, yeah. Eichel is a trade. Mm-hmm. It's and you know, Pacioretty was a trade, so absolutely. Yeah. But they had the success as the foundation to want to make those moves, and Vegas have traded a lot of their future to get these superstars, uh, and that's the journey they're taking. You know, we talked on a previous podcast about the yellow brick road, and that being Vegas's road, and then the Kraken's road is the one the way you have to go left and through the trees, and it's a little bit more kind of murky. Mm-hmm. But that's that's where we're at. So I'm glad that we are not middle of the road. I'd rather be awful than half decent. And the reason why that is, is because we are in a league where the draft is the most important day of the year, other than the Stanley Cup final, because that is the day where you can make or break your franchise. Um, Just ask Arizona. They've had plenty of picks over the years. You know, ask Boston, who had three first-round picks in a row and has blown out all three of them. Um, you know, hey, one of them is uh, is Lozon, if I'm, I'm not mistaken, and and he can get traded as fast as possible because he is awful. Um, but you make or break your team in in the draft, and that's that's why, for me personally, this season isn't about us making the playoffs. This is just about making the the good feeling around Seattle Kraken hockey making sure that's retained and that it doesn't become a chore for the fans to have to watch. It's about, you know, taking the victories as what they are, which are enjoyable moments in time, but accepting that over the course of the next, you know, kind of 50 odd games that we're going to lose more than we win and we're going to lose a lot more than we win, mm-hmm. but that's okay. Well, yeah. that's okay. I mean, one of the questions that I saw people asking, um, on Twitter and in the Facebook groups that I'm in um, is around what should Ron Francis do right now? So I I thought about that. And the way that I would summarize my thoughts is that one trade isn't going to turn this team around. So if you said to me now, well, Seattle need to trade then for a first line center. Like, okay. So what are you giving up? Okay, so we we could give up a defender. Yep, don't see a lot of people wanting any of our defense right now. So we've got nobody to give up there. And they've got no trade clauses, so it's going to be tough to get rid of them. And then you look at the forwards and you go, okay, well, we could trade them Marcus Johansson. Yep, okay, why? Uh, Jared McCann, well, why would you do that? That's counterproductive. So we haven't really got the assets to be able to make the trades that I think the fan base wants to see. You could trade your first round pick for a first-line centre, but that would be a really dumb move given that that first-round pick could well be Shane Wright. We don't know. Um, That's the joy of having a a draft lottery. Uh, It could be, um, you know, Logan Cooley. could be a whole host of players that are in the first couple of picks, potential picks for the draft. So Vegas are in this... Oh, Vegas. Jeez. Kraken are in this, as Freudian slip, I wish, uh, Kraken are in this <laughs> difficult position where they can't really do anything. So you just have to suck it and see, right? Um, and hopefully that phrase means the same in the in the US as it does in the UK, <laughs> right? Otherwise I'll have to bleep it out. But you just have to like, you're, you are where you are, right? We can talk about the expansion draft and we can cry about the fact that he didn't take certain players, but he didn't. And we've got to get over it. 
Tarasenko is still a St. Louis Blue. Um, you know, all the other players that I can't think of off the top of my head are still at their teams. Get over it. It doesn't matter. We could trade players for players of equal value, but it's highly unlikely teams are going to want to do that and even more unlikely that that's going to make a jot of difference where we are right now. So, yeah. Yeah. You didn't ask me this question, but I'll answer it anyway. So if I was Ron Francis, what I would do is I would put the future first. So I would trade players that are on expiring deals um, and a few that aren't, and I'll go through that list in a minute, but I would be looking towards next year. And back at the beginning of the podcast, and just to show people that there is a plan for the podcast, we 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 think about this before we, we start recording. Um, the thoughts of mad people, no doubt, between me and JP, but we do, we do think about it a bit, right? And we talked about the LA Kings. Uh, and this is where I get to use some stats. And you know I love my stats. So <laughs> LA Kings in the 2020-2021 season had a win percentage, so a point percentage, of 0.438, okay? Which is crap. And I know it's crap because let's give or take around what Seattle's is. So it's pretty crap. Um, this year, they have a point percentage of 592. And as you rightly said earlier in the podcast, they are playoff contenders and they look good. They do look good and they're playing well. So then you start, you think, what did the, what did the Kings do? Like, did they spend a load of money in free agency? Not really, but they were targeted and the players they went for, they t- picked up Deneau, they picked up Victor Arvidsson, they picked up players to fit gaps. But they were they drafted clever as well. You got people like Kaliev and, and that who, who who came through the draft a couple of years ago now, but are now in the first team and are now producing for the team. Mm-hmm. And they had some, you know, some older guys. They do have their superstars like Doughty and Kopitar, who are still, you know, who are still performing. But the reality is. One year can make a lot of difference in hockey. So you don't blow up the farm to try and save a season that's gone. But what you do do is you focus on the future. So for me, what I want to see more of, and Haskell's not doing it, which is frustrating, is I want to see the young guys playing. Like I want to see Will Borgen dressed every night. I, I don't care if he gives up three goals or if he has a bad night. Like I want to see him playing because he's either going to be on the team next year or he's traded. Like that's what the kids the kids have got to play. So it's a long winded way of answering your question, JP. But for for me, it's not one thing that fixes it. But I think that there is a lot of things for Kraken fans to be happy about because we have a lot of youth and prospect in this team. I just want to see them being given the time, ice time, to get the experience, you know, and the development under their belt so that next year we're, you know, we're after a good draft and a good free agency, we could come back as a real team. And we've, we've got, uh, let me check my notes here. As you, as you can hear paper, uh, it's, we've got 12 RFAs or UFAs. So we've got seven RFAs and five UFAs. Right now, obviously, Jared McCann is in that, but there are plenty of players we can trade, and I think we should make trades. So, I'm not suggesting here that Ron Francis should do nothing, but he should be trading for picks, not trading for players. Yeah, yeah, it's you know, it's interesting. I you lose by one goal or you lose by four goals, it's still a loss, right? Yep. And it's interesting because, um, so in the in terms of the standings. Mm-hmm. Seattle can be right there next to a team that, that typically gets blown out by three or four goals a night. So that's the thing that I keep saying is like, I just, I still feel like, I feel like Seattle is right there. I just, and, and I think, you know, what I'm hearing from you and kind of what I'm seeing is I feel like what's missing from the team, you can't put it on any one specific thing, but in a more general sense, I feel like what's missing from the team and and what you hopefully are going to get through mm-hmm like you said, through the draft or through, um, you know, tactful trades, right. Uh, is it's clutch. So it's like, it's like clutch moments mm-hmm. are kind of what are missing from the team and, cl- and, and clutch can mean that player who could pop one into the net 
yep. at that critical time in the third period, right? Where it's a tie game or it, you're down by one. It's it's that that, cl- that one player who can perform and under pressure and makes be a difference maker in that moment. Or I agree. It's clutch can also be like you said, goaltending. It can be that one amazing save, like we talked about flurry, flurry's yep. save uh, in the Chicago Vegas game. That's a clutch moment that that got Chicago that win, right? And obviously, I'm not saying Chicago is doing great. They're obviously not, but but they have a, a, a goaltender who clearly is known for big time saves in the clutch, like in, in critical moments. I think also it can be something sim- as simple as like an outstanding power play, right? Just something that, that gets you that one extra goal when it counts. It is. Um, and yeah. and that, that's a, a bit of an intangible, obviously, but hearing you talk about it, that sort of gave me a little bit of clarity on what I, I think it's, yeah. And, and you see this in playoffs a lot. This is a lot of times what sends one, one team home and, and pushes the other team through in the playoffs, whichever team can come up with a couple of those clutch moments. A lot of times is the one who gets through, especially when you're deep in the playoffs. And I've watched this happen with Vegas, the Vegas Dallas, um, conference final in the bubble a couple of seasons ago, mm-hmm. Dallas had the, they had the clutch moments. And that's yeah. why they made it to the final. Obviously, they lost to Tampa, but that was the difference maker there. You know, Vegas's sort of important clutch moments dried up. <laughs> they just didn't exist anymore. Um, and, and Dallas was in the, most of those games were one goal games uh, in yeah. that in that series. And but that applies in a regular season as well. You know, and and like you said, you mentioned Mark Stone as a you know clutch player, right? Like the series against the avalanche last year comes to mind, right? Big time overtime goal, mm-hmm. uh, that won one of those games, right? Skating down the ice under tremendous pressure and, um, uh, slots one past Grubauer, you know, in the upper corner with two, two defenders bearing down on him. That's a clutch moment that made the difference and made a huge difference in that series. And, and so, yeah, it's almost like, you know, maybe that's a cop out, but that's what's missing from Seattle's current, mix from the current roster is there just isn't you know when you're losing games by one goal that's what it boils down to it's it's just i mean it seems like one goal doesn't seem like it should be that much but i guess it is right in in pro hockey like that that's big time and it it takes uh it takes a difference maker or a few difference makers. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the difference maker can just be that the team is playing a system that where they're greater than the sum of their parts, right? Um, sometimes that's what makes those clutch moments happen. But yeah, um, but you're right. It's it's uh it's not any one thing. No, but in a weird way, you could sum it up to one thing. They're just missing those clutch moments. Um, yeah, that really special save that shouldn't have happened. Or that incredible goal that was well-timed. Those are the yeah. moments that are missing. And I guess in a league with this much parity, that's the difference between last and first. Yeah. And and also, we, we've, we've, we've had a few you know, big injuries that have affected this. Oh, for Obviously, sure. Tanev, Tanev being out. Loss, yeah, yeah, massive loss. Mm-hmm. Um, and people could say, well, Tanev is a third-line guy. Well, yeah, he, he was to Pittsburgh. But he wasn't to us. Like he was a top six guy, and he was um, clutch. He was to, to he, me. He was that clutch player. Like he would. He, <laughs> he would, was. You know, because of his energy and his, the way uh-huh. that he was as a player. But and also Jaden Swartz being out. Like he's a massive player. For, like he yeah. is our number one winger. Yeah, and and again, people might say, "Oh, he's not a number one winger." To which I would say, again, I know, but to to Kraken, he is. Yeah. Because him and Eberle. Like that's our scoring, or that's at least that's what our scoring was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. So it's difficult, you know. We don't we don't have we don't have those superstar players. We really don't, and, it, and it's okay. That's I said. That's I'm not I'm not like you know I'm not pulling my hair out about the Kraken's position. I think I'd be more frustrated if I woke up tomorrow and Ron Francis had traded, um, uh, pick a player at random, hoping it doesn't happen. Uh, but if you traded like Cali Yarncroke for a third line winger, like I just think, yeah, okay, like why are you doing that for? Like, what's the point? Like, you're just replacing one puzzle piece for another, like it doesn't make any difference. You, you're still missing that big puzzle piece in the middle, which is is that clutch player. And I think the Kraken's plan was that they would be a bigger than the sum of their parts. 
and they yeah. would be tough to beat. But being tough yeah. to beat means you have to be better defensively, and that's both the defense and the goaltending, and we're mm-hmm. not. So, right. you know, we can't eke out on one goal victories, which means you have to have somebody who's going to be who's going to be that kind of explosive line, which we just we just don't we just don't possess it, and you can't trade for it. If you could trade for it. Well, you know, sorry to be the, the shocker here. Well, all 31 teams other than the Kraken would be trying to trade for the same thing. Right, right. Islanders are sat there thinking, Jesus, what's happened to our season? There's plenty of teams that are, are not where they want to be. But mm-hmm. for most teams that are looking to to build, you're not going to just trade and get a top six winger and give up nothing. Like, it's just not going to happen. The only place that happens is in free agency. And, and again, if we're going to... You know, I know people don't like us using the comparatives to Vegas, but Vegas did very well in free agency. They they spent money, uh, and they will pay for that in the years to come. But you know, they went and got clutch players through both you know routes they, or routes. They got, they used free agency mm-hmm. and they used you know the trades. I feel like sometimes a team will find they'll find their identity and they'll find what's working, and then mm-hmm. and they can latch on to that and develop that. And I feel like that's the other issue is the Kraken haven't really found that one thing that they can latch onto that. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but what's the one thing they can latch onto that's really working for them that there's not one thing that stands out to me yet. Anyway, the power play is quite good. Um, yeah, yeah. And, and it, I did see some good power play stuff this yeah, week. So, yeah. so the power play is looking okay. Mm-hmm. So I'm not too concerned about that. But the penalty kill is horrendous. Um, yeah. It's not like league losing, but it's 24th, I think, in the league right now. Yeah. I think it's tied 24th. Um, yeah. It's not, not nothing to write home about. And and this is why I, I, I'm also not making excuses for Haskell here. I, I don't think it's. I don't think sacking the, the head coach would help in this situation. I think you have to give Haskell this season and the beginning of next season. I think if at the beginning of next season, after a free agency that sees some new guys come in, after seeing people like Matty Bernier step up from the NCAA into a, an NHL position, which I think he will, and if we're still not performing and you can start to look at it being a tactical issue, then by all means, Haskell should you know, receive the chop and it's time for a new head coach. But mm-hmm. at the moment... I don't think second head coach helps. It's it seems early for that, yeah. Because I, I just think again, coaching. like you know, a little bit like the trades. You bring another guy in; he's still working with the same same pieces. And even if you start to go on a better run, it's you're kind of paving over the cracks. So it's a bit it's a bit pointless. But mm. I just I you know the last thing I kind of want to say on it is I get the frustrations. Like I am annoyed watching the games. Like. I am an avid sports fan and I'm a very passionate sports fan, far more than I probably give away on this podcast because I, I try not to swear um, on this podcast. I don't, <laughs> but, but when, I, when I'm watching sports, you know, I, I love my teams that I follow in all sports and I want them to be successful and it annoys me when they're not. But one thing that I do you know, kind of stand behind is sometimes I can accept poor performance when I can see a plan and I'm not I'm on board with Ron Francis is plan for the Kraken right now and and that's where I think there's a lot of hope and I just I just want to see us win games at home I don't care if we lose every game away I want to see us win some games at home because I want the Kraken fans to enjoy the experience which is seeing national lead hockey in the Climate Pledge Arena and getting all the things that Gordon was telling us about with the Washington and the Carolina wins. You know, you could hear it in his voice, um, the kind of step change when he was talking about a victory to a loss. So I want I want all those good things to happen for the fans, but I'm okay with this being crap because I get it. And I get, I get where, what they're doing. And I think in the long run, we will look back in five years' time and the Kraken all have a really strong team that they'll have drafted, full of difference makers that we've been talking about them being missing. And it'll be okay. I mean, you talked about Chicago. Alex Dabrinka is their all-star this year. He was drafted. Second round draft pick. Mm-hmm. Um, overlooked by a lot of teams because of his height and his size. And he's now one of the leading scorers in the league and one of the elite players in the league. And he has turned that franchise 
are at. Now, they're not a winning franchise yet, but imagine how bad they'd be if they didn't have Alex to bring it or Marc-Andre Fleury. So a couple of players can make a difference. And I just think Kraken fans, and they are, by the way, so I'm not saying that Kraken fans are not doing this, but we've got to keep the faith, take the small victories, enjoy the fact that we have a hockey team who wear beautiful jerseys and occasionally play as good as the jerseys they're in, but more than likely (laughs) will play horrifically poorly. And we just have to accept it. At at the risk of being... Uh, overly positive and annoying. I, I am still really <laughs> positive on the crack. I just think, I just think they're right there. They're right there. Mm. It's, it's just, it's not like teams that are just getting their butts whooped every night. That's not what I see in the Kraken. I just, I see, I feel like you're right. I think just, and I've said this all season. I think just a, a tweak or two, or an, an addition mm. or two, is all they need to become a at least a middle of the pack team. And then from being a middle of the pack team, now you're touching playoffs. You're touching that playoff picture. And that's when you start to build confidence, right? Like you make your first playoff appearance and you start to believe and the culture starts to become a winning culture. I know that the record, the 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 season record would not in, doesn't seem to indicate that, but you know, that's the thing. These a lot of these games are really close. And, and and so I still am, am very positive on the Kraken, and I think I still think they're a better team, and have more immediate potential uh, than than it probably feels like. It's hard to, you know, as a as a diehard Kraken fan, you know, and, and Kraken fans that are listening, I'm sure it's hard to to say that every night when it's loss after loss after loss. But um, but yeah, it'd be one thing if they were just getting stomped every time. That's not what I'm seeing. I'm seeing a team that's, that's close. they're in yeah. these games. Like it's, cl- it's close. close a lot of the time. Um, so there's good things happening uh, as frustrating as it might be. And right now, obviously nine game losing streak. It's tough. Or man. six, tough. according to the NHL. That's t- yeah. it's tough to say those things, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, in the middle of this. But of course yeah. they had a, earlier this season, there was like a five or six game winning streak, right? That was, um, mm-hmm. you know, it showed great potential there. So anyway, it, you know, it's like I said, as a Golden Knights fan, people probably want me to shut up about this stuff, but I, I am positive on, and our time will come too, by the way, <laughs> the Golden Knights will eventually have bad seasons. Like it happens to every team. So yeah, our turn, yeah, yeah. Our turn yeah. is coming, but, uh, and hopefully I can listen back to these episodes when that time comes and remind myself of that. But, uh, but anyway, yeah, I'm still positive on the Kraken for sure. When it happens, uh, I'll, uh, I'll remind you of Juju, Yes, and, uh, and, and all, the, all the philosophical things we were talking about. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so there, look, there's plenty, I've said plenty of reasons to stay positive. And as we get towards the trade deadline, you know, we'll, I'll, I'll go into more detail around what I, who I think should go and, and why, but I thought there's no point talking about it on this podcast um, right now, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. There's a lot of rumor rumors going around, so we'll see how many of those turn out to be true first so so look jp i think that probably is a good point to end the show on um hopefully this has been relatively informative and uplifting probably not too much if you're a kraken fan but as i said there is still plenty of positives to go for so i'm, I'm not being completely down on the team but i think people you know we need to be realistic about about what can be fixed and, and what probably can't um, but i wanted to give a little quick shout out to a few people who i have been know in connected with the show recently so if if, if either talk to us on twitter or or through the website um so i'm talking about people like and i've got i have got your names written down here so (laughs) i'd hopefully written down correctly um but i know that we've had conversations with the real mr hoot uh and the real mrs hoot as well both of which have been uh engaged with the show which is fantastic uh nikki who we're talking about uh her experiences of of the fortress and how that differed to the climate Pre- uh, pledge arena, which is, which is great. Uh, Devon as well has been in touch, uh, a person whose Twitter handle is we need a win, which feels very apt at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't, I can't remember whether that you're a Kraken fan or not, but if you are, you have the right Twitter handle to be yeah. one. Um, yeah. So if I've missed anybody off, I am sorry, but all of, all of you have been in touch with the show legends, because as, as we said on, on numerous podcasts, you know, we we do this as part of this kind of community that we're trying to create, and and that, and that means engagement and 
you know, and getting involved is, is, is fantastic. And that's why we had Gordon on the other week. So a quick reminder about that. We did a special episode with uh, a Scottish Kraken Mad fan, um, both Rum and the team. Uh, and, uh, you know, interviewing him around his experience of Seattle has obviously made the journey over there. So um, do check that out. And, and if you yourself want to get involved with the show, you know, you've got something you want to specifically talk about or you've got questions you'd rather ask us, then you can do just drop us a DM on, on any of our channels and you know, we'll be happy to oblige. That That is that. And that is another episode for us uh, in the bank. So thanks again for listening. Um, here's hoping that next week sees the crack and break that streak. So even if the NHL wants to call it six, we can feel that it's nine uh, and we don't want it to get to 10. So let's hope that uh, the Kraken beat the Chicago Blackhawks on Martin Luther King Day on Monday um, for two reasons. One, for breaking the streak and also because my wife's a, cra- a uh, Chicago fan. So um, yeah, it so would be a much... some bragging rights around the house. Oh, I need those. I need those rights. <laughs> so... Uh... Not a lot of those going around this year. (laughs) So, uh, Thanks again for listening, guys. Uh, We'll be back at the same time, same day next week. So stay safe, stay well, and we'll see you then. Bye-bye.